Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? Doing good, man. I can't believe I'm actually doing this stream. I was this close to canceling it again, but I'm not going to be that <laughs> motherfucker. It's gonna be it's gonna be a dense one. It's gonna be quick and dense. We got we're gonna talk about prices. I'm gonna call Bitcoin a, a laggard, and then we're gonna fight about it. Recency bias. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's go then. All right. So Bitcoin's a laggard. Uh, and I think as we experience this bull market, this short-term bull market, because it's not a full-term bull market, we're not there yet, but the, what's happened in the last like three or four weeks has all been about Ethereum and, and DeFi. This is Ethereum and DeFi's bull market, right? And if there's any extrapolation based off that, like Ethereum is going to lead the cycle. If this is all about DeFi, which it so far is, then it's going to be Ethereum's bull market. And back in 2017, 2018, I wouldn't go so far to say that like Bitcoin didn't have its day. Like Bitcoin was a very strong participate, participant in the 2017, 2018 bull market. But also the 2017, 18 bull market was the ICO mania. Like that was Ethereum too. Like how much of that bull market was, would have just been like chopped off at the, at the knees without Ethereum. And so like using this perspective the fact that ethereum is now leading the charge on this bull market i think it's more valid to claim that ethereum was also leading the charge on the last bear market too and so i think in the last two bear markets we're two for two on ethereum and you can say there's recency bias i'll let you say there's recency bias go for it my, my argument of recency bias is like the excitement around the last two months whereas like prior to that it was just a slow deep bleed um right yes yeah so like yeah okay you're bouncing hard off the floor i'm like looking at the chart right now and it's like there's this hard floor that got established and i mean it, it definitely is bouncing past resistance right now what time um, are you looking at right? what i'm looking at like the ethereum btc all chart and i'm just like well, trying to see the entire perspective there's what a massive cutting cupping pattern what chart? What chart? The, go to the ETH chart on CoinMarketCap. So that that's why I'm saying recency bias. Like, you know, you're kind of ignoring everything that happened for the past like year and a half. But in terms of like what's leading the charge, like it's definitely the bull market. It's definitely Bitcoin and the halving. What? So, I mean, wh why are we still on this four market cycle? So are this four year cycle? How can um, you say it's the having? How how does anything about this current moment in time have anything to do about the having? I mean, so what what happens is that the having brings all the excitement in, it happens, and then the excitement flows into other BS. And then Ethereum is a fantastic place for the cash grab and gambling to commence. What? You think that the new surgence in DeFi is the aftershocks of the Bitcoin having? I mean, there's a lot of money in it. Look, I think DeFi doing its thing is one thing, but money going into Bitcoin, I definitely do think it's driven by the halving. No, wait, Bitcoin hasn't done shit since the halving. But leading up to the halving, it did a lot. When What day was the halving? Uh, it was uh, May, May 11th. It was the day after Mother's Day. It was May 11th. It was May 11th. So May 11th, Bitcoin was $8,700. 
And on July 20th, it was $9,100. Like, what was it before? And, and then it had that slow what, climb up. From, what was it before May 11th? Yeah, but what, what, okay. what was it in April? I clicked out of the chart. One sec. Okay, but no, in April and March, it was COVID, bro. It went from in, in middle of March, or excuse me, middle of February, it was $9,600. And COVID hit to a low of $5,000. And then it resumed $5,000 to $9,000 at the happening on May. You don't get to claim that like the resurgence in price after the COVID dump was from the happening. The happening is not registering on this chart in the slightest. And the fact that you think that that value is going into DeFi is insane. I don't think that value is going into DeFi. DeFi is creating arbitration opportunities for traders, which is uh, driving traders to DeFi. Traders are looking for ARB opportunities, and DeFi is presenting that. Okay, it's so creating I, a lot of excitement. I worked at a, a shitcoin peddling company back in 2017, 2018, and there's some people I keep in touch with from from that company, and so it's a very like crypto friendly company. Everyone there worked in crypto at least in 2017, 2018. But most people didn't give a shit about crypto, which is why the company fell apart. Uh, and so that, that was like a company of like- Never hire not people. crypto people. All, all the people that I was friends with have messaged me about getting back, getting back into Ethereum and purchasing Ethereum because of DeFi. Not, they didn't mention shit about Bitcoin or the happening. And so like, and, and this has been the experience of other Ethereum people as well, where they are getting the text saying, hey, what DeFi tokens do I buy? And nowhere in this commentary is anything to do with the Bitcoin happening. Okay. So, I mean, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to explain the recent price action to like, yes. it's impossible to pin it on one particular event. Of course, like yes. DeFi is the rage right now. That doesn't yes. mean like fundamentally anything. I think that these markets are driven by the Bitcoin cycle. And I mean, Ethereum has complimented it and poured the gasoline on the fire. Now it looks like it's going to be a second time, which I think is... Unlike most Bitcoiners, I think Bitcoiners, I think it's a great thing. You think that okay? You just think that it's Bitcoin show and like the, the the temporal things that Ethereum do just add to it. Yeah. No, this is Ethereum show. <laughs> no. Ethereum. So no one gives what you need to under, like what you need to understand is like the fact that Ethereum can trade against Bitcoin allows it to exist. That's why That's it could exist at the beginning. At all either. Absolutely. And, and this is a, an, an excellent point because like DeFi tokens, like the ICO mania, DeFi tokens will trade against Ethereum, which is why Ether, the asset, went for, to $1,400 during the ICO mania because you have to buy Ether to get into the ICO tokens. On Uniswap, all of the DeFi tokens have the greatest amount of liquidity on Uniswap, like Comp, Balancer, Yiffy. The only thing that it doesn't really is Link. And so like all the other DeFi tokens, synthetics, like uh, Metastable, like all these tokens trade against Ether as the base pair. People And people don't need to go through Bitcoin to get to Ether. Like that was true in like 26, 15 and 16, but no longer. You can just mm-hmm. bypass Ethereum in, uh, or, or Bitcoin totally. And then you have mm-hmm. all tokens available to you on Uniswap. Bitcoin mm-hmm. is not in the picture. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree that that's bullish for Ether that the main like speculating in shitcoin casino re mm-hmm. that can happen in the DeFi world is happening on Ethereum. But like that is a very subset and small and kind of shitty use case of crypto. So, 
I mean, I, I thought, guess you I can thought have like that. the whole point about crypto in the early days is like the speculation. Like that's the, th- that's the thing that generates the reality. Like speculation on Bitcoin turns it into the money that it is. The same, and that's like, not these, stopping. All I mean, crypto- sure, but speculating on shit coins is not speculating on Bitcoin. One. Speculating on shit coins are speculating that they go from not shit coins to shit coins and not all of them will, but the, the concept of tokens will evolve into valuable things and we are currently speculating on that so right? what exactly are we arguing right and now? all you all the bitcoin maximalists can call them shit coins just because they're tokens but the whole point is that their speculation on shit coins is that they move from not shit coins into real coins which yeah. are then not shit coins and like yeah. and it's just totally subjective at to what point like some of the tokens on ethereum are not shit coins and like some of the top tier ones, like MakerDAO, Comp, I would say that it's very difficult to argue that those aren't shit coins. Those are shit coins, excuse me. I mean, it depends on what your definition of shit coins are. Uh, I mean, again, like I, I will admit that there is interesting stuff happening uh, in the DeFi world. And mm-hmm. sure, there may be governance tokens that, have long-term value accrual nothing is as clear as so like okay i admit that nothing Mm -hmm. is as clear long-term as 21 million nothing is as clear long-term as running your own hardware hold on hold on verifying your own blockchain in order to store digital value so if you want to talk about if you want to talk about like oh if you want to talk about long-term value accrual and investment advice it's fucking bitcoin there's literally no other game in town I'm not talking about we're that. Talk, so we're talking the, about what what's are we talking responsible about? for the repercussions of the, the the last few weeks in the Ethereum uh, in the crypto ecosystem. Why has price gone up? And pri- the answer to that is not. There's nothing. Do not include in your answer the happening because what the right answer is is all of the activity that's happening in DeFi. Okay, I don't. I I actually don't even give a shit. Okay, sure. That's all important. Right, DeFi. That's really important. Cause it, why is it important? Okay, why is short term? Why is, is like short term speculation uh, important? Because price is like a compass. Price is pointing you to what the world thinks is valuable, right? And so, if the world is really re- ready to speculate on DeFi tokens, then it's saying like, I think that this is valuable and a good use of my time because it's the market is people's opinions as to what is long term value, and so you can have your investment uh, opinion about Bitcoin and what's a good investment. And then the market can like agree or disagree with you. And the fact that Bitcoin, where the thesis of a non-sovereign store of value that can't be printed in hard caps and proof of work, blah, 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 doesn't do the thing that you would expect it to during the times of money printer go burr. But instead, DeFi can create its own reasons to generate internal excitement about its own ecosystem that's really powerful. And the market is reflecting its opinion as to what is more, more valuable at this current present market value. Uh, I, I just think that you are jumping to conclusions on short-term hype and it's really dangerous to go telling people to that have know nothing about Ethereum or Bitcoin to buy a Yiffy token or anything else. Uh, and that, the Venn diagram of investing and speculating, it, it kind of like hits like right there. And mm-hmm. um, 
shit coins that are illiquid tokens that just came out and are mooning thousands of percent a day because they are illiquid in this tiny ecosystem on the internet really doesn't say a whole lot about long-term value at all. Again, again, I, I'm totally open to the fact that there is probably a lot of useful utility being developed here and that the infrastructure is going to be great. But in terms of investment advice, like what you just said is just like three week price action go one way. And that means that that's what the market is saying, like extremely clearly. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's, there's so many different components here that uh, you're jumping to conclusions. And uh, I don't agree with your thesis past uh, a speculative bubble. Yeah, so I do agree that like you can measure the legitimacy of these things based on the liquidity and also like the Lindy, right? So we have low liquid three week long price movement, low liquidity three week long price movements. Not so much in Ether because Ether has also done an insane thing in the last couple weeks, and that's much more real than you could ever claim to have some like illiquid token like Yiffy that that just mooned ten thousand x. But the only reason why it mooned ten thousand x is because it started at zero dollars zero supply. So there's a nuance there. Um, <clears throat> shit, what was I going to say next? Um, but also crypto and speculation and investing in crypto, those Venn diagrams are inherently overlapping. Like as the Bitcoin team, squad Bitcoin, the Bitcoiners, you don't get to just say like, Hey, we're not speculating. We're value investing. We're like value. We're investing in what is the best thing in, in, you know, the most safe, safe asset in crypto. You're muted. Investing in a speculative store of value. Speculative store of value, right. So Bitcoin is still speculative. You know, it's a, it's a false anchor to place and say that Bitcoin is like the non-speculative investment in the crypto space. Maybe it's the most, most non-speculative investment in the crypto space, but it's still pretty speculative. And so DeFi tokens with their, and it's all about like adjusted risk. It's return, exponentially right? less speculative. Is it or it's yes. orders of magnitudes less speculative than yes. any DeFi token? Yes, agreed. With also, so if you were to call it savings, it's return. much closer. Sorry. Oh, yes. Yes. No, that's not. I mean, it, it it's literally guaranteed not to moon as fast, but yes. it's also literally guaranteed to hold its value and survive longer. Yes. Yes. It's a different risk reward spectrum, and so with other tokens. You could you you're gonna get some uh, some yeah, token is gonna do 100x for Bitcoin. So yeah, but then you, you have to swap into the right token and have the right amount of money right. in it for the right. whole time, right? And play but the, the trade perfectly. But the, the fact that the assumption that this is going to happen to some tokens makes investment in tokens logical at some point in time. Oh, 100. Right. But I, I highly doubt most people that you're talking to are. Uh, are properly allocating risk and making, uh, you know, fine tooth allocations of capital. Like they're not, I'm doing that more than them. And that's why I'm saying buy fucking Bitcoin. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But, but people often say that, especially people that like have like a bunch of Twitter followers or or podcasters, they're like really cautious around this around the, the lines of like, you know, some people don't know what they're doing and like, they're not equipped to, to evaluate risk in this space. But then you're, it feels like infantilizing, right? It's just like, oh, sure, also true. But like, what are you going to do? Protect every single person that, that is like listening to this conversation to the best of your abilities? Like, all you can do is really talk about these things and tell them to go do their, that's why we say do your own research. But it's, it, it's, 
it's harmful to like say that everything is shitty and not going to work. It's equally harmful to say that as it is to say like, you know, uh, these tokens are just absolutely going to make you a millionaire. I mean, there, there's also nuances there, but there's like I don't a, think that they're equal. They're not equally harmful. There, there well, maybe maybe there's, it's there's like it's like ninety five percent to five percent harmful. <laughs> like opportunity cost is is also as bad as other. It's another form of loss. It's another form of loss. Is what I'm trying to say. Totally. I mean, like again, like what do, what are we really arguing? Like I I started this argument based on the I was stating the stating that. The price, the Bitcoin getting over 10K was thanks to DeFi. And also we can link that backwards. No one, no one knows that GBTC stacking has been happening at an unreal level. Mining has been healthy. Fees have been high. When you see memes about it, like, you know, it's happening. When you see, when you see. Okay, when you're living in a bubble, you know that it's happening. Let me tell you, there's more people that know the Bitcoin price than know the Ethereum memes in the Ethereum bubble. Yeah, sure, but so, like the, so the memes are the way what? that it gets out. <laughs> I, like when you see I, I when you see know. a meme of like two like two icons over like the meme that I tweeted out over like the tugboat pulling the barge, and over the barge is a Bitcoin symbol, and over the the tugboat is like an, a cryptocurrency symbol that you're not familiar with. You still get the point. Like you still get it. Did you watch the Laura Shin episode with Shamath? Uh, the one where, where, where he goes, uh, I don't even know what DeFi is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. He's late to the game. Now, now a lot more people know what DeFi is. So the advice that he gave in that is what he has learned is that when it comes to making money, you buy the category winner and mm-hmm. leader, and then you root for the entire, the entire category to do well. That makes sense. Okay. DeFi made Bitcoin go up. Whatever. <laughs> I'm buying yeah. the category winner. And you no, know, you know, you're and buying I, the category. I, you don't know if it's the winner. And Dude, the flipping the category is on leader by table. many metrics. It oh, by far by many metrics in terms of like being digital money. It is the, the category only winner. The real metric for that is market cap. Okay. Well, it's the it's the biggest by far. Right, and that's why it's important that ether doubled and Bitcoin went up by like 20%. We're coming from behind. I'm not I'm not ignoring that, but like the flippening's that's, on the table. Yeah, the real flippening that's about to happen is tether flippening ether. That's fine. And then tether flippening Bitcoin. I mean, how does that how does that run into ether security when more value like right now between ERC20 tokens, more value is already being secured than yeah, ether's market matter. cap it doesn't matter because, especially with tether because it's it's not a native token to ethereum it, it would matter if it was a more it was a bit if it was if it, the erc the native erc 20 tokens on ethereum had a larger market cap than ethereum but it would have to be like multiples larger not just equal to or larger it would have to be one I mean, single token sure yeah i hope it does that'd be fantastic the market cap of Ether can support a greater uh, total aggregate value of tokens upon it. Oh, what you're saying is that all the tokens combined together is better. Specifically the native one token, But if it's one token straight up that has a massive amount on Ethereum, that's... That's where things get hairy. That's yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. One, like, one or two. It's going to be Tether. Be. It's going to be well, Tether. But no, Tether Tether's not a native token. It's, it's so, an off-chain asset. It's, it doesn't settle on Ethereum. Uh, I mean, it definitely does. No, it settles in bank accounts. 
Okay, USD sells yes. in bank accounts. Yes. That's what matters. They, there's a burn in there's a burn in mint function on Tether. Like hacking it is no, no. I, I'm I'm thinking about is that does that create adversarial? Um, does that create game theoretical attack points? No. Well, the the centralization of Tether is uh, means that Ethereum doesn't need to be as secure as it would need to be if it was a native. If the market cap of Tether was like a native asset, like MKR or Augur or something. Like the fact that Tether is is controlled by a central authority, if somebody steals something, the central authority can do something about it. Well, what if it's not talking about stealing? What if, ta- what if it's talking about like attacking or renting hash hash power or something like that? Uh, you would have I mean, to I don't know. generate a more explicit uh, scenario so I could evaluate that. Yeah, well, I don't have a more explicit one, so yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing some Shocked. fun out here. Shocked. Shocked you don't have a more explicit scenario. <laughs> okay, so DeFi Moon, you're feeling good. Mm-hmm. You're selling shirts for $1,000. Selling shirts for $1,000. Did you, so here's something that like, it kind of grinds my gears a little bit about the Ethereum space. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, I, I totally, like everyone's allowed to do whatever they want. They're allowed to invest their money however they want. Like I actually don't care. But I do feel like there is a lot of cash grabbing as like part of the Ethereum culture, like, or at least it's, it's maybe it's not part of the Ethereum culture, but it's like, it allows for, and right. like personal token. and yeah, personal tokens, thousand dollar t-shirts, yeah. thousand dollar t-shirt, the yield farming $10, tokens yeah. and all that or, stuff. I'm just like, well, like, it, it kind of, like and, and I think that that, that in even even ICOs and token factories, like mm-hmm. it really does, like I don't know. There's something about it. Just like it, it really kind of rubs me the wrong way. It feels like a cash grab. Yeah. So no offense we're to all you. Ex- like again, you ex- can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. Like I'm I'm a little bit protected because this isn't a, an investment contract. This is a fucking t-shirt, right? Like we're we're not. It's not a personal token. I'm no, I don't, they, whoever is stupid enough to buy that t-shirt for a thousand dollars is like, <laughs> yeah, there's only fifty of them. Um. Again, yeah, well, whoever's stupid enough to buy that T-shirt for thousand dollars. Like. It's a dope T-shirt, dude. It's we're definitely worth a thousand dollars, especially if there's only fifty of them. Okay, um, the, so there's on, on Ethereum there are tools for scarcity, right? And so the Ethereum community is just like learning to use them, and that's one of the great things about it, Ethereum is you. It scarcity is now a really accessible phenomenon, like it, it was, which is kind of an oxymoron, but it's really not. And so now that all these people have like different ways to practice, like play and have a scarcity sandbox, right? And so one thing in our blog post about these shirts is I actually quoted Seyfedean in his whole fiat goods chapter where he thinks like the, the goods of the world are like hollow and empty because our money sucks. And so I kind of made that same analogy where I said like, okay, with really scarce apparel, like the, the bankless apparel campaign that we're doing, we can afford to invest into better and uh, better materials, better t-shirts, better designs so that our goods that we purchase are higher quality. So you don't have to like throw them out after you go through the wash two times. And like, they also look fucking sick. And so I've, I'm all for people like having a cash grab because it makes it hopefully allows people to fund things that they couldn't have otherwise done 
because they didn't have access to like, there wasn't ample, there wasn't a lot of scarcity. Now there's a lot of scarcity and everyone can like play with scarcity as a thing. A lot of scarcity is an oxymoron. It's not an oxymoron. Because no, it is an oxymoron. It's not an oxymoron because everyone has scarcity tools, right? Like the, there's previously it was very difficult to make things scarce. And now it is, it's easy to make things scarce. That also makes that that type of scarcity is no longer scarce and or valuable. Well, right. So like if anyone can just, so like what, like why is scarcity something that, uh, that is credible? Mm-hmm. It's because, because it is unique, right? It is right. something that like not just anyone can print out. So mm-hmm. if there's no like mathematical, natural, whatever thing, way to prove that scarcity, then it has to do with reputation. So mm-hmm. like are, are t-shirts scarce? No, but Supreme t-shirts are scarce because yeah. Supreme says we're going to make this many and they have mm-hmm. a reputation and there's a reputation around that brand that is going to cause people to buy it. But that Ethereum, that's nothing uniquely enabled by Ethereum. Like Ethereum is just a public way to stamp well, it. No, it's not it, it, as a concept. Like, it existed it's not like Ethereum. everyone just all of a sudden was like, look, I can make a unique amount of t-shirts now because of Ethereum. It's like, no, you can stamp it on Ethereum, but no one actually gives a shit unless you have the reputation to back it up. Yeah. That's so true. nothing has actually changed because the key factor of why anything could be scarce that is not mathematically or naturally scarce is, is reputation. And Mm -hmm. Ethereum hasn't changed that at all. So I don't understand how Ethereum has made (laughs) scarcity abundant because that just makes no fucking sense. It it didn't, yeah, it didn't invent it. It didn't instantiate the concept of scarcity, but like now there are tools. Now there are scarcity tools. And so like, sure, you could have spun up a website. There's tool. Back, you should have kind of you could have spun up a website back in the early thousands, but you would have needed a lot more skills. Nowadays, it's there are website printers to to make websites for anyone that, and it's, now it's the same thing with Ethereum. And so there was the the Grammy artist uh, RAC who made a hundred cassettes, and like one of the cassettes at the peak of the the market, the cassette went up to like nine hundred twenty dollars. Well, cassette tape. Who the fuck listens to cassette tape any, anymore? but it's a way for RAC to like connect with his fans for people that want them. So like the, his fans valued the work that he put into this thing. And because this thing is scarce, it allows for the value of what his quote unquote, the market behind RAC, his fans ascribed to him and his cassette tape. And so it's the, it's not just scarcity as a meme, but it's the labor of the person that's ascribing value to the token that is now scarce. And so the token- no, well, So look, it, I have to cut you off here because in that specific example, R- RAC has a mm-hmm. reputation. Yes. That is the only reason anyone gives yeah, I'm not a disagreeing shit about with the cassette. And the only thing that Ethereum did was allow him to timestamp it and turn it into something that people could trade. Yes. So guess what? If it wasn't for his reputation and him upholding that yes. token- it wouldn't right. have any value whatsoever. Yes. Yeah, that, so again, but that's it's not all of, It's all about, it's all of, so like, okay, maybe Ethereum makes existing reputation systems more liquid. I, I would buy into that statement. Okay. Well, also products. Maybe. The, the actual product in question here has to be included in here as well. 
but no, but it doesn't do anything to that product. It makes the it makes the reputation more liquid. It makes the tokens that are given value based on the reputation liquid. With the product itself, he still has to ship the fucking thing. Like the thing is not improved by Ethereum at all, other than it well, being time stamped. It's not. No, it's it's more than that because like the that the the token is how you purchase it, and the token is tradable on the on the secondary market. Okay. It's very well. It's very, very, so again, like let's let's try to go back to okay. So the person is choosing to only accept cryptocurrency. Yes, but in a way that has nothing that has nothing to do with the thing. That's just how the person is accepting payment. Yes, because he's selling a a redeemable IOU for a good on Ethereum, and so you purchase the good on Ethereum. He's using Ethereum as like a store. Okay, so what I'm to saying sell, is to that, sell his yeah, product. Yeah, so what what you're saying is Ethereum has given him the infrastructure in order to do that, in order to monetize. So yeah, like, so I, an I agree with that. An artist's ability to monetize their repu- their product backed by their reputation, but it's still a product. They make a product. So like like some ra- rapper makes a mixtape and says, "All right, ten mixtapes. Who wants them?" They're like it's not the token. Who gives a fuck about the token? It's the fact that you can redeem the token for a product offered by your favorite artist. That is what that is now what I'm calling abundant scarcity. Okay, <laughs> like it's it's just not that big of a deal. It is. It is. It's really that. You have to you have to use your imagination. No, like, it's it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things because. All it is is enabling short ter- uh, the the long tail of stuff, which is okay, fine, whatever. But the reality is the movement of digital value into the fat part of the tail. Yes, that is yes, that's a, that's a great point. That's that's what matters more. Yes, especially when it comes to investment advice. Yes, and that's, that's and that's, that's like why. Bitcoin and some no, other assets. Ethereum, Maybe it's Bitcoin, ether. Bitcoin is not at the body of the tail. Ethereum and why and its turn completeness are what creates many, many long tails. And so the, uh, the abundance of scarcity makes many long tails in all different directions. And those tails, the body of that tail isn't Bitcoin, it's Ethereum. And that's why we're getting excited about the Ethereum price movements, because now there's so many different things, so many different tails of crypto, and they all lead back to Ethereum and Ether. So, but what you're missed, what this is the common Ethereum narrative and is the common Ethereum mix up is they are mistaking abundance of activity and the long tail as leading to the fat tail of value. But the reality is that the fat tail of value is just going to do ver- something very simple, and that is store value. Yes. Okay. And that is like completely devoid of all the other long tail things that are happening in Ethereum. So just because the long tail things are happening on Ethereum means for no reason that it's going to accrue that fat tail. So the, just the role of value, the, the, the thing that holds the position of being valuable to, to nourish the, the tails of the world is what is what you're saying? Bitcoin is right. Like there's this, there's this, there's this literally this pool of value, this this like reservoir of value, and that thing is Bitcoin, and it just flows out into the tails of the world, right? Well, or 
people create value mm-hmm. and they want the best tool to store that value. Right. Right. And they don't give a shit about the other use cases. They just care right. about storing the value. Yeah. So that's, that's on Ethereum. That's what Ether is. Ether is the reservoir of, va- of value that all these different DeFi protocols, all these different activities, whatever, like it doesn't flow back to BTC. The, po- the pool, the reservoir of value is held in Ether. That is its role and purpose on Ethereum. Like it's not leaving the ecosystem to go to Bitcoin. The the things that are happening so on Ethereum. I think we're talking about different things. You want to talk about different? Yeah. Things? So again, like we're talking about different things, but we're talking about the same thing we always talk about, right? Which is like, is the Ethereum internal mm-hmm. ecosystem yeah. bigger right. than Bitcoin just plugging into the internet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and the, the, the I, I think like the answer that. is is a hundred percent no, it's not. And what I'm trying to say is that all this long tail BS that you're getting excited about mm-hmm. does not mean does not lead to in any way the value accrual for the use case of storing value securely. Yeah. So like, okay, those so things can... don't equal each other. It's equal exclamation mark. Right. They don't equal. <laughs> So we can loop this back into the conversation we had at the very very beginning where like Bitcoin is a speculation on that the internet just adopts Bitcoin and Ether and Ethereum are a speculation that like the internal ecosystem of Ethereum grow to be so large that that is an equal and opposite force. That's the narrative. Right, which is, which is why there's always so much more speculation on Ethereum because literally the size of the internal Ethereum ecosystem plus... Ethereum itself, the market cap of Ether is still like less than Bitcoin, right? So like it's, yeah, it's more speculative, less more, more risky uh, than Bitcoin. Ethereum is just some, is is, just all in general, Ethereum is a much more inflationary ecosystem, whereas Bitcoin's ecosystem is much less inflationary. And I don't mean this from like literally money printing. Mm-hmm. I'm like talking about like, VC money going into it and mm-hmm. like just a lot of money is moving around being pumped out. There's a lot, the community is big. It's sucking up resources like a machine, right. like Ethereum is it a lot is a lot, a lot, a lot is happening in the, in Ethereum world. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas like Bitcoin is, is, is it, it's like growing in spite of, of of right. the fact yeah. that it doesn't have that inflationary mm-hmm. kind of wheel spinning, yeah. right? A lot less, like, but a, a lot Ethereum. less mistakes are made. A lot less chances are taken. A lot less innovation is like a lot less quote unquote like new techniques are created. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's just like making freaking rock solid foundation for value transfer on the internet, and it's doing one thing only. Yeah. So I mean. Again, That's, like that sounds wh- like not compelling. So again, like I, I think that it's I think that really it is a uh, it's an unintuitive investment. Yeah. But that's that's I think actually how infrastructure works. Like, okay, it sounds amazing. Like, let's have shiny, let's have shiny freaking did you do you remember in college there's like a meme or like a video going around about turning all the roads in the world into like solar panels? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Ethereum. Like mm-hmm. How amazing would the world be if all the roads were solar panels and the snow would not even bother us because they would be heated up and they'd melt the snow and the lights would change whenever there's traffic and it would be perfect. 
You know why they don't fucking do that? Because it would cost way too much fucking money. The infrastructure is just not going to go in that direction. Like, Bitcoin is very different. Bitcoin is like, yeah, okay, it doesn't sound as shiny as fucking solar panel roads, but it's going to work and it's going to transfer value on the internet. And ultimately, that's what people need to do. And they need to transfer large values of large amounts of value on the internet. And when they do need to use that, like it's, it's almost always on Bitcoin. Not in comparison to Tether. Tether's pre- I mean, yeah, I guess you can get some like massive, massive transactions on Bitcoin. Um, I mean, so, so the, what I would, the, the, the protocol that can transfer the biggest transactions right now safely is Bitcoin. Yeah. And there was one yeah. like very recently, like in the last six months that got people nervous. It was like a couple billion dollar transaction. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So, so what I would say to that is like the, the metaphor that Ethereum is like the, uh, the solar panel roads. Like I wouldn't say, there are certainly some projects that are guilty of that. And like, as soon as far back as we go into the ICO mania, like more and more and more of them are guilty of that. Uh, I No, that's I would Ethereum be, proper. That's no, very improper. Well, Sharding, proof of stake, changing, hard forking, everything, uh, having an unsure monetary policy—all of that is is solar roads. Mm, okay. I, not ICO tokens. Okay, I'm talking Ethereum proper is solar roads. All right, I'm I'm not going to say anything about that one. I'm just going to wait for the market to to figure that one out. I have nothing to say to that. All right. Well, especially especially on the day of 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 the the last Ethereum phase zero test net. What was that like? Four years later, didn't I already went up about this? Four years uh, for the most revolutionary ago? technology that we can currently think of is lightning fast. Just like like the we can't you like keep being locked into the anchor point of like the original estimation date as like the right one there's no reason that Solar that would want to be the right one roads oh my god all right let's wrap this up uh hey are we making this bet on if eth2 is shipping in 2020 what was our bet no it was a different bet it was a bet about it, it, it um, was a basket of DeFi tokens versus bitcoin yeah do you want to do that do you want to do ET2 shipping i want to do a bet I, i'm i would prefer to do a bet with a shorter horizon but i'm not going to bet DeFi tokens versus bitcoin in a one year horizon. yeah yeah, because I'm realistic. Okay, like I understand the speculative fucking fireball that's about to erupt. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Damn, I can't think of one. I w- I want to make a bet about like how ether, ether is going to run up faster than Bitcoin, and then ether is going to perhaps fall faster than Bitcoin once this is all said and done. But I want to make a bet that ether doesn't fall to a certain right, level. Get, do you want to do you want to bet on the new floor of ether? Yeah, but that's going to take like four years. Five, four yeah, five that's years. still a long-term bet. Take a long time. We're, we're, we still have to think about this. All right, listeners, give us give us some suggestions on what this bet should be. What is yeah. like a fair Bitcoin Ethereum bet? I'll I'll bet on I'll bet on E two in twenty twenty. I don't think it's going to. If happen. you give me odds, I'll bet on the flipping. If, if you give me two to one odds, in what time horizon? Uh. Well, I want to say like this cycle, if that is a fair time horizon. I mean, that's a that's a four year, four year. And how long? How long does the flipping like? Mm. It has to be sustained flip. It has to be like flipped for. I don't know, like what three or four, two or three months. 
No, I, I was going to go for at least like a uh, a day. It, like you just, it, the, I mean, yeah. If it yeah. happens even at all, that's pretty fucking huge. Yeah. Youth volume a, is a twenty-four uh, hour high. If twenty-four hour candle above Bitcoin. Okay, let's end this off. Yep. All right, guys, you can follow the podcast at POV Crypto Pod. You can follow me at Trustless Date, both on Twitter and on Bankless. Christian? You guys can find me at CK underscore Snarks at Bitcoin Magazine. Um, and yeah, remember, subscribe to the show, five star reviews, all that good stuff. Make sure to show these episodes on Twitter, on Reddit, and all the places that you get your podcast content on 4chan i don't (laughs) care where you show it just show it thank you very much love y'all fam bye everyone all right cool so we want to put this one out thursday thursday uh i put out the ethan vera one but uh i forgot to tweet so i'll be tweeting tomorrow okay uh you're gonna edit this one uh i can i've been uh I've been a very unreliable person recently, so I apologize. No, no worries. Are you are you fucking swamped? Hey, also we're still we're still alive. No worry. Will you?